And the fact is, is that we're looking at roughly 6,000 acres of solar panels, industrial scale solar fields that are coming to our county. That's, a, that's amazing. As, as a point of reference, I get a lot of people that are like, oh, it's like the, it's like the solar farm over by I-69 by Auburn. <laughs> if only. <laughs> yeah, if, if only. That, that is 55 acres and people think that is massive. So 55 acres comparative to 6,000 acres. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a massive difference. People, people can't even think of the size. Yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Fortify Podcast, where our goal is to talk about all things that are hopefully fortifying to you and to your local community. Hey, 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 everyone. Thanks for tuning in again today. And if you are a resident of DeKalb County, Indiana, or you know someone who is a resident of DeKalb County, the information that we're going to discuss today is an absolute must hear and must share so that everyone in the area can know what is happening in regards to proposed solar farming ordinances here in DeKalb County and imminent legislation that will directly affect DeKalb County residents. It was just a few weeks ago that a post came up in my Facebook feed about stopping solar farms here in DeKalb County, and I had heard nothing about this, and so I watched the video, and immediately upon finishing the video, I contacted the Stop Solar Farms group and said, hey, where can I get a sign to put in my yard? And so today, the goal of the episode is to inform you on everything you need to know about this issue so that you can take the necessary steps in protecting your home value. And time is of the essence because there's an important meeting coming up on this coming Monday, February 27th at 6 p.m. Now, because many others may not be aware of the threat of solar farm legislation, I contacted the organizers of the group and asked if they would be willing to sit down and do a podcast so we could bring greater awareness to the community. So today I am joined by Jessica Shaw and Andrew Provines. Thank you both so much for taking the time out to educate the public. Thank you for having us. All right. Let's just jump right in and start from the beginning. How is it that solar farms or the potential of solar farms have come to be a thing here in DeKalb County? And how does this directly affect the residents of the county? So short answer, government subsidies, right? That's, that's how um, solar has kind of raised its head. There's money to be had and people are after it. But when we talk about how this journey has begun... Solar started um, working in our county in 2018, working with landowners, um, securing contracts and leases on land, purchasing land. It was done very quietly. Um, Once they started kind of gaining the properties they were looking at, they started um, holding some public meetings. They were doing their due diligence. The county was doing their due diligence in advertising in the paper and saying, hey, we're having these meetings, but it was kind of like, here's the bare minimum of what we have to do to make the public aware. Yeah. So they did have meetings in the beginning and people did attend them. But if you go back and look at those articles um, with KPC and such, it talks about the fact that there was maybe 50 people at the meeting who left with more questions than they had answers Mm. and, and people who were against solar, but whose comments and questions were shut down. So this all started a few years ago. And I started where you were, and Andrew did also. Um, My very first exposure to this was a post that I saw on Facebook. Um, It was the Stop Solar page, and I thought, oh, you know, I thought solar was a good thing. And solar is a good thing. It has its place, right? But I couldn't comprehend industrial-scale solar. When that was brought up, I had no idea what that meant or the magnitude of what this looked like. 
So it was kind of watching from the outside, like, um, I don't really think solar is a bad thing. I don't really think that this negatively impacts people, not knowing what it looked like until solar knocked on my front door. So um, one of the representatives from one of the solar developers showed up um, at my property, at Andrew's property also, and um, had informed us that they were going to start construction the following year um, on the field actually across the street from the house, which got me asking plenty of questions. Then it was kind of like, okay, what does this look like? And even at that point, I still wasn't grasping what this industrial scale solar had. had it was kind a of shock, a complete shock. Yeah, it was. It was like, what does this mean? What does that look like? Are these things safe? And those questions just start rolling at that point. And that got us to kind of to, to our involvement now. Because the more questions we asked, the more they worked to, to kind of evade those questions and to sidestep them and to give half answers. And I had an issue with that. So it, it was back and forth as far as what kind of materials are going to be in these fields. And I asked, I'm not going to stand in the way of something that's going to benefit our county. So explain to me, do the citizens in the county get to to purchase the power? Is our electric bill going to go down because we're going to have this huge solar field across the street? Are these things safe? What does this look like? All good questions. Yeah. And when she said the power goes on onto the grid and then is sold to the highest bidder. I I had no idea what that even meant. And I asked her, what do you mean by the highest bidder? And she said, well, typically companies like Google or Amazon um, purchase the power. Oh, yes. And Andrew can explain how that works, right? Yes. So basically there's two things. There's consumption and there's sale. So we will consume the power here locally because you can't send power to somewhere else. Wherever it's made, that's where you consume it. So we will consume it here locally, but they will sell it. They will actually sell it to larger businesses in Chicago, Detroit, the Amazons, the Googles. They're the ones that will actually benefit from buying the power. Right. Okay. And there is something here about carbon credits, but I don't know that we're going to address that in this podcast, but it's just have that in your mind in case we ever do another podcast. That story we might for another day. A right? story for another day. But there is <laughs> something to that. So, yes. okay. Then. So as a citizen who's going to live across the street from that, then you say, how does this benefit again the citizens? Talk to me about what this looks like. And everybody started talking about economic development um, and the money that was going to come from solar. And I did a video um, just asking these questions and explaining kind of here's my concerns, here's what I'm wondering, here's the conversation I had. The video went viral, people started reaching out, other people started sharing these concerns with us. They had the same questions and, and issues. So fast forward to kind of where we are now with um, pushing almost 1,000 followers and roughly 15, probably over 1,500 um, signatures on our petition because we have paper copies as well. The community has the same concerns that we do. And the fact is, is that we're looking at roughly 6,000 acres of solar panels, um, industrial scale solar fields that are coming to our county. That's that's amazing. As as a point of reference, I get a lot of people that are like, oh, it's like the, it's like the solar farm over by I-69 by Auburn. (laughs) If only. (laughs) Yeah, if, if only that, that is 55 acres and people think that is massive. So 55 acres comparative to 6,000 acres. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a massive difference. People, people can't even think of the size. Yeah. So we talk about economic development because in speaking to, to commissioners, one specifically, he keeps saying there's going to be money for the county. This is economic development. That's what I believe in. But the question we keep asking is at what cost? Exactly. Right? Exactly. And that's why we're fighting because that cost and that risk is too high, we feel. Yeah. And there's there's two separate topics that we're fighting. There is the development ordinance, which 
tells us what we can do and can't do with our land. And then there are tax abatement issues where we basically allow these companies to come in and pay us off to an extent um, so that they don't have to pay their taxes. They want more money. So when we said that what allowed them to come in was government subsidies, we are subsidizing them largely to come in, giving them a mass amount of money from the American taxpayer pocket. And then we are also being asked to, at the local level, abate their taxes for 10 years so Mm -hmm. that they don't have to pay on their personal property. Wow. With more handouts coming down the pipeline. So there are more things in the works where developers are pushing the government to issue grants to counties who are renewable energy friendly. Meaning if you weaken, if you get a county to weaken their ordinance and allow us to come, then we want the government to issue them a grant in the name of clean energy. And even talking about the states, what can the states do to help um, with the cost of decommissioning. So taxpayer funded possibly throughout this whole entire process. Wow. So that economic wow. development payment is a payback of our tax dollars. It's not a true investment. Right. Um, and that's, we have a, a pretty big issue with that. Right. It's actually kind of laughable. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it really is. If you're not yeah, so angry. I mean, you know, yeah. yeah. One, one of the solar companies, and when they were actually proposing their, you know, tax abatement requests had said, um, basically we want you to abate around $8 million in taxes for us a year which would go into our general fund for the county. And in return, we will give you $2.7 million over 10 years. Yeah. Oh, so we're talking man. about the difference between, you know, $80 million in tax revenue or two point seven. Now, obviously, that's, that's their first offer. The commissioners would have to negotiate for something right. higher, but in the, that was almost laughable. That's almost insulting. Yeah. Um, if we just make them pay their taxes, which, by the way, they did say, we're coming here regardless of whether you give us an abatement or not. So why would we give them an abatement? Let's just get our money. Well, I do want to direct people's attention. Everything that we talk about today is going to be in the show notes. And one of those things is the petition. And um, on that, you guys did such a great job of just talking about the significance of what this does to, you know, the animals and, you know, the trees, the meadows, the streams, as you say, you know, let's preserve the little piece of Indiana we call home. But can you just briefly go over for the listeners, what are the big concerns? I know there was like fire hazard, the wildlife, all kinds of things. Can we talk about the petition for just a second before that? Oh, sure. And the reason being is the petition, we actually, we haven't pushed the petition nearly as much as we should. We have not pushed it hard. Until recently. Until recently. And and that petition's actually been out there for a couple of years. Really? There have been people (laughs) fighting this. People didn't know. No, no one knew. And that's the same problem we're running into. We're having a hard time actually getting people aware of this topic. You know, we've tried things, billboards, we've tried signs, we put um, cards on car doors, um, we've sent out mass emails to the voter registration list. I mean, trying to get people involved is hard, but this has been out here for a couple of years now. There's people that are in our group that have been fighting this for upwards of around two That's years. That's crazy because yeah. like, I don't think any of my neighbors know about right. this. I mean, this just hasn't been a topic. So that's just amazing. And we get that a lot. We're, we're a little stunned. We're like, but I didn't know. Jessica didn't know. Yeah. I mean, you don't, until it's knocking on your back door, which is, you know, they get that whole right. NIMBY, NIMBY not in my backyard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but until it's knocking on your back door, you yeah. don't realize just how dire it can be. Well, or, and you don't realize the impact. You asked about the impact that it right. can have on people. Right. And that's where I really started getting mad. You grieve. I, I had this grieving process, right? Like, I can't buy my views. I understand that. And I grieved that. But then the more that I learned, I got angry. 
I'm like, where's the waste disposal plan? What happens when these things come to life and and they're supposed to be disposed of? Where do they go? Nobody could tell me that. So I start researching and I'm like, where do they go? And the more I research, the more I find out 95% of these things are recyclable, but never end up in a place where they're recycled. They end up shredded and put in landfills because it's too expensive. It's not cost efficient. Nobody wants to pay to recycle them. We actually had an expert from Purdue who said that, um, on a video, there was a video with her and I think a representative from one of the solar developer companies and said, it's just not cost effective yet to recycle. She also said that by the time these come end of life around 30 years, that it should be feasible. Should be. They also said that in California, the rooftop solar, 96% of those panels are ending up in landfills because they're like, yeah, surely it'll be feasible at this point. No, it's still not. By the year 2050, they're looking at over 10 million tons of solar panel waste with no processes that are cost effective in place to deal with it currently. And And they have toxic material and you're going to end up putting them in the landfills. And people say, well, we have 30 years to figure that out. You might or you might not. What if we have a hailstorm? What if we have a tornado? You do not have 30 years. I don't want them in my landfills and contaminating our drinking water. Those aren't unfair questions to ask. Those are imminent. (laughs) And completely valid concerns. Yes. We started kind of at the beginning, we started with the environment because that's the biggest concern. Um, I live out in the country. I love my views. I love walking through the woods. I love taking my dogs with me to go places, you know? So to see what it can do, we're talking about right around here, 1800 acres being fenced off. How does that benefit the wildlife? That does nothing but push them away. What does it do to the land in general? So it's going to screw up the way soil drains. Right. It could possibly leach into the soil if there is damage to the panels themselves. Right. There's a lot of environmental risks. And from the beginning, we were kind of told that these are... Horror these are, stories. Yeah, these, are, these horror stories. are horror stories. So as we've researched this, it's it's difficult to research. Um, but as we've you know fought and researched more and more, uh, we find more and more articles, more and more right. people having problems, uh, more and more lawsuits being launched against these companies that are coming in and setting up solar. These are big companies, by the way. This is BP Light Source. This is EDF Renewables out of France. Um, The third one we know about is Leeward, and I believe that's a Canadian either retirement or pension fund. I mean, these are massive companies, but they all have LLCs. So you see across the board, LLCs getting sued, and they just close up shop. It's an LLC. They can bankrupt it in a heartbeat and move on. When we try to find answers to these things, it's not just the waste disposal plan. We wanted, there was nothing that mandated a true fire safety plan. Yeah, I saw something on this, on the page, the Facebook page about fires. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we even went to some of the local fire departments. I have family who's on um, the Spencer or the St. Joe Fire Department and went to some of, I went to the fair and spoke to one of the firefighters and I'm like, what do you do? If a solar field catches on fire, what do you do? What happens? And they said, for the risk of of electrocution, we wouldn't apply water to it as far as we know, um, because we wouldn't know whether or not they were energized. And they even said, if there's a solar panel on a house, they would not apply water directly to it for that same risk. So we weren't asking for them to to develop this whole plan right away, but mandate that it's going to be required. Make it a part of the requirements that they have to work with our local fire departments. You know, that's one of our asks, a cap on acreage, the comprehensive plan for our county. Well, let's just stop for a minute there. You talked about these safety concerns, but, and I know that those were talked about, those, some of these things that you've just talked about were in the amendments that were discussed last week in this county commissioner's meeting, but can you take us up to date on what's happened as far as legislative, what's going on with the county commissioners? What's, what's going on now? As far as where we are right now? Yes, 
So they have, there's been months of Andrew attending meetings and us sending documentation um, and articles that we're finding to them saying, this is why we're concerned. This is what we want protections for. Right. And they've heard that they've heard those concerns and they did. But not at first. We were told that. Well, right. We were told that the ordinance would not be changed. Right. But right. it took repetition. It was a no starter. We were told it was a no starter. Yeah. But it took repetition. It took going in every week, presenting new information, mm-hmm. new data, new research. Okay. And they really started to pay attention. All right. And public support. That We had to have the people showing up at meetings saying, we want these things too. And they told us from the beginning, we have to know people care about this. And if we know people care, we got to kind of where you we know, are. You know, that is the key to any change that you want. You, that They have to hear from people. Yes. So anybody who's listening today, they have to hear from you. They yes. have to hear from you. They have to hear from you. Okay. People can't understand how important that is. That you can say is, that a hundred times and it, I like yes yeah and you can just be oh like somebody else or do it my voice doesn't matter yes it does yes 100 percent. okay continuing so so we're finally to the point where they said fine we're gonna we're gonna look at some of these things because after persistency and the voice of the people they said okay we need to look at what this looks like and they wrote some changes down and there was negotiations back and forth for a few weeks on what these changes would be to the ordinance right right and then finally as a group kind of semi agreed to a set of things they wanted to address, like adding a fire safety plan, um, increasing setbacks, putting a cap on acreage, um, waste disposal plan still is not addressed. We, we wow. can't get that one added in there wow. to save our life because there's no way of doing it right now. Right. That's why. Wow. Um, so I'm going to make a note on the setbacks that were addressed because there is a lot of people not happy with the setbacks. Confused. That I think people confused. are confused about what they mean. So, in my position, I have solar on one side of me from the beginning of this. That's what it's going to be. We didn't get anything extra. We got extra for the people that are going to be surrounded on multiple sides. If you have to sacrifice two sides, you get an extra 200 foot. If you have to sacrifice three, you get an extra 400 foot. And if you are on all four sides, I mean, we have the capability in this county right now of people being surrounded on three and four sides. You know, the place they call home. With solar. Yeah. Yeah. The place that they that's their castle. Like that's where they bought it. They right. have spent a lot of money making it perfect for them and they could be surrounded by a power plant. Right. And we have provided evidence and studies and research that has shown that solar negatively impacts property values. We have sent that to our commissioners because at first they're like, oh, it doesn't impact property values. Well, of course it would. Directly told by a commissioner yeah. that solar it did not impact property The solar values. companies have a lot of money to come up with a lot of studies that they fund. Oh, exactly. Yes. Yes. And, yes. And, yeah. and, and those definitely show that property values do not decrease at all. Yes. You're surrounded by solar and your properties might actually go up. But we went out and found um, <laughs> okay. real estate agents. Everybody know he was being sarcastic there. (laughs) (laughs) He's good at that. So we went out and found studies and research and and talked to real estate agents and had a a local real estate agent reach out to appraisers and just say, "What what is your feel for this, right? You guys are the professionals. And after hearing that over and over again and being presented with the research, they started looking at, hey, we actually might need to do something to protect property values. And if these people are really heavily impacted, we need to push it back a little bit. And that's how those setbacks come into play. It's just to help allow these people to breathe, to protect their property values, to give them some safety precautions if the thing does catch on fire or a wind blows a panel off. Um, And people on the other side of this are upset. They call it a waste of land. Yeah, um, I was going to ask you that. Okay, so you, you clearly, you know delineated the issues that homeowners would have, the concerns. So now asking that question, well, what about the people who are like, hey, it's my land. I should be able to do what I want. In, in my opinion, this is not a 
property rights issue. And the reason I say that is we've been told for a very long time what we can and what we cannot do with our land. Right. Uh, the land around here is zoned agricultural. So you should not be able to put any commercial, any industrial applications on it. When they created the ordinance, they created an overlay, which they said basically unless it's open parks or open spaces or parks, you can put solar on top of it. So they've said you can put an industrial power application yeah. on top of any anything except for parks how and did, open spaces. I, how did that get through? Is just people just weren't <laughs> so, paying attention. The oh, reality is, is people just didn't. Do you want us to attention. answer that question? <laughs> yes, it's, but we do want it. We if it, we can do it quickly because I don't want the podcast to go too. It long. was a recommended thing, uh, and they based it on other counties doing it. And I've looked. Not every other county is doing it. It's one way to do it. An overlay is supposed to further protect, and to an extent, it does. It adds extra. Um, restrictions on top. But the one thing that it really does is it says you don't have to rezone every parcel. (laughs) Yeah. You don't have to rezone every parcel. You can come in and we can put this anywhere. And whenever it's done, we'll just rip it away. You don't have to go through the process. You don't have to make the neighbors as, as informed as you would. You don't have to go through that that same rezoning process that every other business in this county has to go through. Wow. So somebody had some pull to get that through. I don't know. I, I mean, think solar is just really persistent and has a lot of money to support. This is how people are doing it. This is how people are accommodating us. This is what other counties are doing. They're constantly throwing their funded research in our elected officials' faces. And it's been the burden of us to combat that because no mm-hmm. one was. No one was saying, no, no, no. This is what other people are actually doing. Here's what this ordinance says. Right. Here's how they're doing Which it. Which kind of drives me crazy because that's really what it's been this whole time. They us say something yes. and then we have to do all the research and come back and I just want to say, prove to me that it's going to be good. But exactly. They, but they the can. onus should be on them. It yes, should, but, but it's, it's not. not. It's on no. us to protect ourselves, and, and they don't have to prove themselves. All right. One of the things I wanted to talk about, people need to be aware of the fact what the solar companies are doing. Recently, I've seen all these ads in my Facebook uh, feed coming up for, oh, protect your rights. And this looks like something right from a homeowner in DeKalb County. But tell us a little bit about those ads. So there are multiple, multiple companies putting ads out on Facebook. So far, we have three solar companies. We have an alliance for conservative energy. Uh, we have Hoosiers for renewables. We have Good Steward. There are, oh, we also have the Center for Energy Education, which is a nonprofit. All of these companies have actively worked against us, but they're now putting out Facebook pages. They're putting out Facebook right. paid for ads. Yeah, one of them, there's a petition going around, DeKalb Freedom Energy, or or I forget the exact title of it. Um, But I was curious. I'm like, I wonder who's running this page because it's it's saying fight for um, landowner rights in DeKalb County. And it looks like it would be one put on by one of the citizens of the county. So just out of curiosity, I started um, following it back and realized that the number, the phone number attached to that Facebook page is a Nebraska phone number. And I actually took the liberty of calling it because I'm like, I wonder who's going to answer, right? There's no, so when you get the voicemail, it's the standard voicemail. There's no one's name attached to it. So I dug a little further and found the address and the address of the company who is sponsoring that page is from Baldwin, Missouri. So I'm like, I wonder who's in Baldwin, Missouri and why would they be sponsoring our page? So in researching, and I'm making an assumption here, but they're nine miles from Ameren, Missouri. EDF Renewables, which is one of our solar developers, has a solar field in Ameren, Missouri. Uh So 
when it looks like our citizens are rallying the troops and saying, hey, fight for our rights, and that's what the public thinks is happening. Yes, because that's what it looks like. That's 100% what it looks like. Um, the truth behind that is that it's it's not, that particular petition is not sponsored, paid for, or put on by any citizen in DeKalb County. And I think it's important for residents to know that. It's, it's also worth mentioning that on the Stop Solar Decal page, we do not filter comments. We do not block comments. Yes. We do not stop people from talking. We have people that come at us all the time, and we try to provide documentation yes. or research that and that's that's proves a point. But these a, these companies are blocking. There are you can go see. Hey, there's ten comments. I can only view three of them because oh, they're yes. they're they're deleting our comments. Yes. They're hiding our yes. comments. They're just shutting off comments altogether if we make a good point. Right. I was blocked from um, Hoosiers for Renewables. <laughs> you, you've been like, blocked from a couple of them, I think. Only, and, and every concern you're bringing up is yeah. reasonable. It's not like this is some extreme measures that, you and know. And we're people, being polite about it. We really are. Yeah. And we have not blocked people from our page unless they are name calling, cussing. And I have not cussed. I have not name called. I think we've blocked one person from the page and that was before we got involved. And it was because there was some yeah. really heavy yeah. duty I think right. cursing and speaking of the page, I would like to bring attention to the listeners. There is a video on the Facebook page that shows Kyle and uh, it was somebody from another county. I don't remember her name. Okay, but anyway, was it Whitley? Yes, it was Whitley County. Yes, yeah. and that person did a great job explaining all that had gone on um, in regards to this. So something else to check out. This is a good point because this is going on everywhere. This is not just DeKalb. This is. Everywhere, everywhere in Indiana, yeah. everywhere in yeah. Ohio, everywhere in Illinois. These are land grabs of basically hundreds of millions of acres across the yes, U.S. alone. that is true. And we are allow- allowing foreign developers to control our energy source, to deplete our food source, and to sometimes control our land. They're pur- some of these foreign developers are purchasing land in our county. That's oh. a terrifying spot to be in in the United States of America. And, and the reality is, again, people are just not aware of it. Not because people don't care. It's just, again, bringing awareness to it. Honestly, some of it might be because people do care. I mean, people are lured in by renewables because they care. They want to make a difference. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But it's knowing the whole story. Yes, It's knowing the whole story. And that's what we wanted to do here is to bring more of the story. I I just want to allude to one more thing because I had commented one time, I asked one of our commissioners on the phone and I said, why are we so supportive of solar? And he said, we have to do something with this planet. And I said, so you're telling me that this is about clean energy? And he said, absolutely. And I said, if this is about clean energy, why are we not pushing to put solar on people's homes and on commercial buildings where they get to benefit from the power, but they're also also responsible for maintaining it? And he goes, well, that's, that's not efficient. I said, you mean it's not profitable. It doesn't bring in millions of dollars of economic development payments. So please do not say that I am all for clean energy when it doesn't leave a bigger imprint on the planet than what we're currently doing. And I'm all for clean energy if it doesn't involve lining solar developers pockets and sending money into the county and economic development payments. Exactly. If you're going to do that, I'm going to quote another commissioner who said, why would we trade our most efficient way to produce food? for the most inefficient way to create energy. Yes. Oh, yep. That's a great point. At a meeting publicly, he said yep. that. And, and the by, whole place erupted in cheers. Oh, yeah. And yeah. by 2050, they, they've said that we need 70% more food production. Why would we do this to ourselves? Oh, so many good points here, folks. Okay, so what is it that you want every listener to do right now? What, what do you want anybody who's hearing this to do? Get involved. I okay. want them to get involved. But I, how do they do that? 
sign the sign the petition. petition. Go to our Facebook page. Attend the meetings. Put signs in their yard. Speak to their neighbors. Reach out to us. All of the above. Do research. I mean, honestly, do do research for yourself. Every citizen, every resident of this county should have a voice in this because. It is going to affect the whole county for a very, oh, very it long will. time. It's generationally. This is, everyone keeps saying that this is temporary. 30 to 50 years is not temporary. I will likely not be around. And I'm not that old. Yeah, there's no way this is temporary. Okay, so the very next thing that's coming up is the commissioner's meeting on Monday, February, this coming Monday, Monday, February 27th, 6 p.m., it's, with, it's, it's at six, six o'clock. Six. Um, you are actually allowed to have your cell phones in the okay. oh, courthouse, wow. which is which is not usually the case. Um, yes, the reason is the... we are expecting a larger crowd, and they want to be able to hear it in the hall. There are our speakers. We need people to show up there. We need people to give support to the commissioners for whatever decision they make. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've they've listened to us. We're kind of in their hands at this point. Yeah, yeah. So that is at the DeKalb County. Courthouse 100 South Main Street for anybody who doesn't know. And all you have to do is show up. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be nervous. All you're going to do yeah. is show up. Just just to physically be there is so, so important. Yes. Now, are there any phone calls that they need to make? Uh, can you give me a list of those that I can put in the show notes? Yes. So if they can reach out and email or call, not all the um, county commissioners have phone numbers on file okay. necessarily, but they all have a, an email that people okay. can reach out. Okay. So that's time. Todd Sanderson, Mike Watson, and Bill Hartman, correct? Correct. That's okay. Correct. And you guys get to know your county commissioners because there's actually a lot that they need to hear from you. This is one of many issues. And it's just good it's just good for you to be involved in your community and to, to know your county commissioners and um, know what's going on. So we'll put those in the show notes. Go to the meeting. Go to the Facebook page. Go sign the petition. The petition is important just because it is a physical record of your support. And we don't want people to haphazardly sign it. We don't want people to haphazardly email. Something that we push this entire time is people getting educated and people getting yes. involved. And yes. you don't have to agree with us. If you don't agree with us, that's that, okay. That's fine. If you do agree with us, if you have the same concerns, voice your concerns. So Jessica, what is it that you would just tell people how, when they contact the county commissioners, what simply should they say? The fact of the matter is this fight is about their protection. So I always encourage people to do research. So whatever they have to say comes from a place of knowledge. But at the end of the day, what they really need to relay to the commissioners is that we support the changes to the ordinance. We want to see the text amendment changes that you have written up be pushed through. We want the protections for for our county from these foreign solar developers. And I think that's adequate at this point with where we are in this fight. Okay, and that's what they should do before Monday and then show up on Monday. Yes. And those um, amendments were simply what we talked about here, just the... Cap on acreage, the the better setbacks, the fire safety plan, they increase the bond, they're trying to accommodate wildlife corridors. These things we're asking for do not infringe on property rights whatsoever. It seems so reasonable, And and I don't think we mentioned this, that the meeting last week, the county... Planning, uh, the, the, the plan, plan commission, the plan commission said no. So now it's going back to the. It's going back to the commissioners, and they can either decide to push it through, or they can make changes and send it back to the plan commission again. Right. Okay. So the constituents here, we're asking you, listeners, to to say to the commissioners, no, let let these amendments stand. Push politics aside and stand up for your citizens. Protect your people. That's what we're asking the commissioners to do. 
Well, I don't know that I could have said that any better. And that's probably just a really good place to end. So everybody listening, please go check out those show notes. Every single bit of information we've talked about will be there. Uh, we'll be in there. Jessica, both of you can be, Andrew, you can, can you both be reached through the Facebook group? Yes. Okay. We, I believe we also have our cell phones out there. If someone really wants to call and ask questions. Have at it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to, to get us all up to speed. And I just hope everyone listening will share this out to anyone you know in DeKalb County so that, yes, we can hang on to our, our homes here in Indiana, what we call home. Everybody stay tuned. We'll probably do another podcast after uh, Monday's meeting to, to review what happened and what happens next. So stay tuned. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to check out the show notes for helpful links discussed in today's episode. Until next time, may you be a fortifier to the world around you.